realized we don't have a unified intro for this show. Like, we don't say the same thing every time at the top. And I can't decide if that's charming or bad. No, it's usually what happens is I record a lot of the banter and I whittle it down. And then I find some place usually where you chuckle and then I cut it off there. And that's where the theme song plays. <laughs> that checks out. That that checks out entirely. Um, uh, but... Yeah. But one of the, one special thing about this episode is is that since this is our holiday episode, sure is uh, the, the babysitters. The episode itself, like the episode of the Babysitters Club, d- does my favorite super lazy thing, which is it takes their regular theme song and just adds a Jingle <laughs> Bell backing track to it. They use it throughout the episode, and every time I'm like, "Oh yeah, this is the stuff." <laughs> But all they did was have one person sit there listening to a playback of it, just hitting the jingle bell button every few beats. It's all... And so I was like, that's what podcasters do. Okay. uh, Hi. Um... Welcome to Pizza Toast. It's a podcast about the Babysitter's Club Netflix series and other adaptations of the Babysitter's Club thereof. Uh, my name is Christy Admiral. And I'm Phil Gonzalez. And uh, happy holidays, everyone. Yeah, it's uh, ho, 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 and a jolly old St. Nick to everyone. <laughs> uh, we watched, is it just called the Babysitter's Special Christmas? Right, it's not the Babysitter's Christmas special, it's the Babysitter's Special Christmas, and I guess it's special. And not in a good way, though. Like, I guess what <laughs> what makes it special is that one of them is hospitalized at the very hospital where they're hosting a party for kids who are well enough to have a great time at a party. Right. Uh, maybe what makes this Christmas especially special is that it didn't air until January 29th, oh. 1990. Oof, so, oof, that's a bummer. Yeah, there's... Take it from us, as 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 people who... I think we said in the last episode, we have a history of covering uh, holidays yes. not at the time of year. You get used to doing that in this in the podcasting world, mm-hmm. but covering up a holiday before the holiday feels like subversive and fun. Covering it after the holiday is kind of a bummer. And it just anything feels sad. anything that reminds you of Christmas in January is like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it felt that that's so much sadder than talking about it right now <laughs> when already like the stores and or the Christmas lights are up in my neighborhood. And heck yeah, yeah. Oh, they're amazing. Uh, There's a, my neighborhood is served by the G subway line and the welcome to Greenpoint for that is the name of my neighborhood sign. Uh, The G is the symbol of the train and it's very cute. It's like a, like a lit sign that that's there when you hop off the subway. It's really adorable. Yeah. So this is an episode about diabetes and yeah unexpectedly unexpectedly about diabetes it is mostly about that like there there are technically three plots in this episode Mm. four i guess uh, christie's is almost two different stories that come together at the end and the main through line here is that stacy is eating too many christmas sweets Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> and it which is which is a plot lifted from one of the books. Yes, it is. It is, and it comes up over and over again. And it's always Dawn haranguing her for for mm-hmm. it, which makes sense. 
done being done. But it it also seems like something perhaps Marianne would weigh in on and that she's like the mother hen of the group. I don't know. It's an interesting choice. So yeah, I can't, I'm trying to remember which book it was, but there is a book where where Stacy starts overindulging in sweets, and they are like noticing that this is happening, yeah. and then in the end, she ends up hospitalized. And I think this is the first episode we've covered that really grabs a complete plot thread from one of the novels and adapts right. it. Uh, except they were like, how can we make this plot thread even more festive? Let's have it happen at Christmas time when there's cookies and fudge everywhere the girls are turning. It's true. They, the, the fudge looks uniquely unappetizing. The cookies were baked by... Uh, a four-year-old and Dawn, who I'm sure, mm-hmm. I'm not sure how competent she is at baking though. She says, I'll bake things. I won't eat them. Or is it, that might be Stacy who says that. I don't Stacey's, know. Stacy's, she's like, I love baking as long as I don't like eat anything or something. Yeah. She's, yeah oh, she says, as long as I don't lick the spoon, which she doesn't right. do, but she does eat no. a whole bunch of cookies. Cookies. <laughs> well, let's go back to the beginning yes. because we start with it, we start with a montage mm-hmm. a, uh, with the babysitters looking in a shop window like urchins in a Dickensian <laughs> tale. They're having a really good time. They're always having a really good time during the theme sequence. That's yes. that's have- the th- that's the point. But it's like they're looking in a department store window with their noses pressed to the window at like dolls and bears. It's it is it is that scene, but it's usually it's like a like a a poor child gazing in. It's it's just like the, uh, do you know the mystery science theater movie Santa Claus? Yes, oh, uh, the, where Santa Claus fights the devil. It's Lup- the same thing. Lupita, the kid in that. Yes. Where <laughs> I think the first joke they make about her is that she is aggressively cute, which is true. Yeah. This is like tiny, like basically has holes in the elbows of her sweater, <laughs> kind of right. tiny stat kid. But yeah. Well, that's who our babysitters are, except they are not aggressively cute. They no. are aggressively sassy. And they and it's one thing I love about this is there's a, there's a few scenes that take place in a department store. And it, it is clear that these scenes take place in the part of the department store they were allowed to film. Yeah, in. So, it's very limited. Yeah. The babysitters are are reduced to shopping in one small corner, like <laughs> near the perfume counter. Yeah, because all of the gifts that they end up looking at, because and this will play in later, that they're all looking at kind of the same level of gift. Uh, yeah. It's all like spa stuff. Like, like one is looking at perfume. One is like, I think Claudia's looking at like a face mask, which is yes. something. Which keeps coming back. It does. It's not great. I don't care for it. <laughs> Yeah, this is the same, but this is the same department store in which Floor will shop later. Yes. Uh, so they, they're, so they're all over this department store, and uh, that's like our opening sequence because uh, and they <laughs> they end up haranguing a poor Santa, a poor mall Santa. They all sit on his lap in what could be a book cover if they had ever gone this direction. Yes. Um, all the babysitters on a, on a Santa lap, and this Santa. He ain't having it. No, this poor he guy doesn't just... like it at all. He gives the camera an almost Jim Halpert-esque look, like an yes. exasperated, <laughs> how did I get myself into this mess? Which, to be fair, like he's flanked with seven young women, and probably none of them are light, but like average age of 12. <laughs> and then Jesse plays with his beard in like a really weird moment, and then it immediately just cuts to the directing credit, and then it's over. And <laughs> I, I was like, like yeah, it. don't touch the beard. Like, that's... <laughs> 
that's like Santa Claus 101. You don't touch the beard. Did not care for it. Yeah, this is. <laughs> I think this is the first episode where the there is no like pre-title conversation. It just is like straight into here is a montage of us Christmas shopping. Right, right. Uh, but then it doesn't end because it picks right up with them still shopping. Yes. Everyone's just. And it's that thing where, like, they're trying things on and showing them to each other, and mm-hmm. Christy's making faces. And we get we get the weirdest line Christmas shopping-wise, which is Stacy walking up with a piece of lingerie saying, I think my mom will love this nighty." <laughs> okay, so I didn't really get a great look at said nighty. Was it more lingerie than sleepwear? I think it's sleepwear, but I don't think you should ever say, I think my mom will love this nighty. No. Uh, to me, that's just like, if you, if you find yourself saying that, probably not something you should buy your mom. It's a weird, it's a weird choice. I don't think I've ever even purchased like a novelty t-shirt for my mother, let alone like something that she would wear to bed. Bed. <laughs> right, this right is the, that's what's supposed to happen the other way around there. Like you can buy your kid pajamas. Your, your kid is not supposed to buy you pajamas. <laughs> Of course, we don't have any proof that Stacy actually has a mom. No. So this could be for her imagine some mannequin she has that set up in the true. attic. Because, and we will, because as this Yeah, as this episode illustrates, she does not have uh, if she has a mother, we don't know that. No, no, no. Uh we don't well, we'll get to that, but this 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 uh episode is lousy with mothers. <laughs> but not the mother you think it would would need. They're everywhere. Uh, oh, and simultaneously, Christy is looking at a baseball glove. She already has three at home. It is reiterated several times that yes. she has three at home. But this one's really good. This one's really good. It's also located in the men's shirts section. Like I noticed if, if you're, that. If yeah. you're in Kohl's, in the middle of the aisle, they have like these these like racks, these displays with yeah, like yeah. just miscellaneous stuff you may want to pick up. And that's literally where she is. She's in the men's shirt section. There's this rack with like, it's just a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I can't even tell what it is, like mugs and tins. And then this one baseball mitt. Yeah, like, the, the clerk informs her that it is the last one he has in stock. Oh, and then yes. she asks if he, because it is very expensive. And do you hear at any point, like she whispers how much it is, but I did not catch it. Could you hear that? Uh, no, she whispers to her mother at one point. We do meet Christy's mother finally. We do, She yeah. whispers to her her mother at one point how much the mitt costs. And I think it's like in the books, dollar amounts are kept very vague and uh, out of earshot. Yeah. So uh, I think part of that's to not, I think to not date the story, oh, like sure. what's expensive in one year may not be, but I really want to know how much she's going to pony up for this mitt. I got to know how uh, much this mitt is. But uh, Christy asks if he can hold it, hold on to it for her while she talks to her mother. And then I guess he holds on to it for mm, a week, two weeks, I like guess. a while. Right. Uh, our, our, I like the clerk. Uh, he seems like too. a friendly chap. He's played by Anthony Thomas, who you may know from I, I maybe one episode of Orange is the New Black. Uh, he's a gang member in Die Hard with a Vengeance. He doesn't have a huge career on screen, but uh, he pops up and thinks he's in Fresh. He's in Sugar Hill, so I've seen he was a in Brother from things. Another Planet. So yeah, no, uh, I was I was so, checking the IMDb yeah. for a lot of the side characters in this episode. Like yeah. I wanted to know everything about the kid who played Ned. I really did. He's out there. He's got a presence. Oh, online. he's totally out there. Yeah. <laughs> Should get him on. Uh, <laughs> 
so yeah, so this is this is kind of this. I would say this is the setup of our story, but it isn't even really like all no. it's set up so far is that Christ, Christy wants a baseball mitt, and uh, it's pretty expensive. They can't keep them on the shelves there in the men's clothing section. <laughs> Apparently, that's where everyone knows to go to get their baseball gloves because this is the last one in stock. Right, and right. They, yeah. Do we then, do we have a meeting after that? Yeah, it jumps right to the meeting. Yeah, not a ton going on at this one. Yeah. But this is where we find out they're, of course, planning a giant party, uh, not for themselves, but for the kids. <laughs> no, the, the second hospital. they're like, we've got to do this for the kids, I was like, ah, yes, you must organize a huge event that ha- that is entirely for children. <laughs> Yes, not for children you know. No. For the kids at the hospital. Although Jackie and Charlotte are both in attendance at the party, which is... Yeah, they show up as helpers, but... It's cute. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah, they're planning a party for kids at the hospital. Uh, Mm. They they have some ideas that are not amazing, but everyone acts as though they are amazing. Well, Mallory suggests they play bobbing for apples, which caused Alana to recoil in horror at like the <laughs> thought of like a bunch of kids in a hospital like putting their mouths all over apples. It's not just the like the inherent horror of bobbing for apples. It's that this is suggesting for a Christmas party. No one has ever bobbed <laughs> for apples right. at a Christmas party. And then the next suggestion, the one that they're all immediately on board with, I thought. This also sounds like a Halloween activity. So the other idea was like, hey, moms have funny clothes. What if we take all those clothes and put them together and have a dress up corner? And we'll take pictures of them. And then the kids can make frames out of popsicle sticks. And we can put the pictures in the frames. And I'm like, this sounds complicated. (laughs) And it doesn't sound like a Christmas party. Plus, some of these kids are probably going to be in bed. And some of these kids probably aren't going to be, like, comfortable putting on strange clothes. No, I mean, like, our main, the the one named character among the kids who are in the hospital is in a wheelchair the entire episode because he has a broken leg. So, like, he's not going to be able to put on mom's funny old clothes and make a popsicle. Well, maybe he can make the frame. He might be able to do that. Yeah, we do meet a kid later on who is the quintessential kid in a hospital character which means it's a boy in a wheelchair because he broke his leg he wheels himself around he's grumpy he's just like the broken legged boy from the curious george book curious george goes to the hospital he is he's this is a character you're right though this is a character in everything like it's always in ya novels you have this kid i think saved by the bell has this kid and the episode releases a candy striper like all that kind of thing yeah. Is candy striper still a phrase that people use? It's not. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it seems like a slur, but I know it's not. <laughs> I promise it isn't. And if it is, then I apologize. But it, was, it wasn't when I was a kid. But it's funny that they, get, they put this kid in this show because, it, I mean... It's a sitcom thing where you want a kid who's in the hospital, but you don't want him to be like terminal or anything. Right. You don't want it to be super da- a big downer. So you, you give him a broken leg, which you know he'll be over in like a few weeks. Yeah. But and so in this one, they're like, well, he's not, there's nothing, you know, he has a broken leg. So they also make him dirt poor, yeah. which we only find out from, from like Dawn, I think is like this kid's mom doesn't have a car. And Christy's like, doesn't have a car. <laughs> which is then, a horrible thing. Like what a bad reaction on Christy's part. I'm sorry that you're your dad or your father and father-in-law your stepfather will eventually be able to afford a giant car like a like a some kind of bmw for your older brother in later days but that's in later in later series yes no i'm but i'm looping this all in this is all canon um Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, this kid, no, but this kid, like, 
Christy kind of hits it off with him because he's a he's a sports kid. Like he was playing ice ball when he uh, when he broke his leg. She said it was a combination of hockey, stickball, and basketball, or something like that. It was a I don't know what right. stickball is either. But uh, they I t- played I've played stickball. I had to learn how to play. I play. I was in a play once where everyone had to play stickball, and uh, so I had to learn how to. Was play it, it your good man Charlie Brown? No, they play baseball. They play baseball. baseball. It was a play set in set in, I believe, Brooklyn. Okay, uh, but performed by a bunch of college students in Santa Fe, New Mexico, none of whom had ever been to Brooklyn. I believe. Uh, So we're all like, "Hey, (laughs) come over here. We're playing some stickball." That is, that's what everyone in my borough sounds like. (laughs) Like, certainly, it's what I sound like. I took a exactly. dialect map test uh, at one point, and it was like it identified the town I was born in, the town I grew up in, and uh, upstate New York as my language markers. It was like mm, close nice. enough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, after so, the yeah. meeting scene, this Go is on. our scene where we finally meet yes. Christie's mom. <gasps> yes, and uh, I told you that like having met Alicia Silverstone, Liz Thomas, I couldn't abide a new Liz Thomas. But you pointed out this is just like a mom's mom, and you're not wrong. This is a very classic She's, mother character. She is super subdued. She's like, because Christy wants this baseball mitt. She drops a bunch of hints, and her mom is just like, Christy, you have a bunch of mitts already. Look, you're not going to get it. You, you don't need any new mitts. She's like, come on, mom. She's like, well, okay, if you're going to pay for most of it, if you're going to, you got to do some stuff around the house. And I'm like, yeah, mom. Like she's just, she's just this no nonsense mom. She doesn't and, even uh, really feel like a TV character. She just feels like my mom, like which I'm right, I'm exactly. Kind of, I'm kind of into it. Like she was deliberately instructed by the director to just have no, like no real. Not that she's charmless, but she is just no. very no nonsense. You're right. Yeah. This she's not alicia silverstone she's not trying to impress the viewer she's just trying to be a, a, an obstacle for christy and uh she's played by ann dowd and ann dowd has quite the career it's not the same ann dowd that i'm thinking of is it who is the ann dowd you're thinking the of? the one who's in uh hereditary yeah, it's the same Ann Dowd from Hereditary. Wait, really? Yes, it is. Oh. Christie's mom is one of the cult leaders in Hereditary. I did not recognize her at all. My goodness. She looks completely different now. Well, I mean, it was years ago. I guess that's it's true. Uh, but 30 Danny, years ago. Danny Tamborelli looks the same. I could pick him out of the lineup. <laughs> no, this is the same Ann Dowd. She, uh, in Garden State, she's been in a ton of stuff and she only had one screen credit before this episode. Is uh, this she was in the most, yeah. I mean, I would say to date, this is probably the most prolific actor on this show. One of the most, uh, the, uh, the actor who, uh, plays, uh, Dr. Johansson was in 1,571 episodes of As the World Turns. I was gonna say, you're gonna say a soap opera, and I just, you just have to fill in the blank here. That's, I mean, that's... So for sheer sheer volume, (laughs) I think she takes it. (laughs) Whereas End Out has been, like, The Handmaid's Tale, and... and, Yes, yes. Freaks and Geeks. Yeah, she played uh she played Mrs. uh she made played Kim Kelly's mom. Yeah. And uh, she's Freaks no and she's Geeks, great. So, Good mom character. Yeah. Uh mm-hmm. yeah, ask tells Christy that she's going to have to earn the glove basically. And this is around the time we start to piece together that they maybe don't do a Christmas gift exchange with Watson and Karen and Andrew. Right. Which We've, is or, or or David Michael. Or David Michael or Sam or Charlie. It's very <laughs> strange. Um 
I mean, that's skipping ahead. Like later in the episode, when we see them doing a gift exchange, it's just Christy and her mother, which raises all kinds which... of questions. <laughs> Obviously, it's because this is who they had in the cast that for I know. this episode. They <laughs> I weren't know gonna, why. They weren't going to pay the entire family, but it is very conspicuous. We've never met Watson or the brothers. No, in this uh, show. David like, Michael has popped up one time, mm-hmm. and I think but Karen, we have and, met Karen, Karen and Andrew were in like a montage once, and that's it. Yeah, we so we know they exist. So it is. I mean, obviously, Karen and Andrew could be at their mom's. That yeah. makes total sense. But David Michael is conspicuously absent. <laughs> Maybe he's, he didn't get any presents that year. He didn't work hard enough to earn his present that year. <laughs> he's hanging out with Nikki Pike somewhere. <laughs> he's he's no sissy that's uh that's the the book we just read is where nikki pike is obsessed with uh not being a sissy so he drops his sewing class oh nikki pike what a tragic character but also one of the pikes that you could eliminate uh, <laughs> if pressed. what a tragic character so yes this begins uh so this begins christy has to earn her christmas gifts this year uh and and so she has to start doing chores around the house including cleaning out the hall closet uh, which apparently involves throwing her mother's wedding dress away. It's, <laughs> a, love- it's a nothing scene, but it goes on for a while. It goes on for a while. If you also find out that Watson was... Uh, apparently Watson did interact with Christy at some point because he gave her the go-ahead <laughs> to get rid of his wedding suit. There's just a lot, there's a lot going on here that we don't really find out anything about. No, no. Um, the, uh, also, she's like, well, Watson didn't seem to have any problem giving away his wedding suit, and she holds up a bag... That seems to contain nothing. Like just, t- it's like this small floppy bag, and I'm like, what did he wear? Like a speedo and a tank top? Like I don't know what Watson was wearing at his wedding. My goodness, the corners cut in this episode. Uh, <laughs> meanwhile, uh, Stacy and Dawn babysit for the Radowskis. Uh, yep. They sing. Stacy and two Radowskis sing very badly. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Shay is, what is it? It's, they need two babysitters because one babysitter has to be with Shay while he does his piano lesson. Yes. And the other babysitters have to entertain the other kids, which I'm like, man, you're paying for piano lessons and you're paying for the babysitters to be there during the piano. Like, yeah. this is just, this is intense, but. uh, And they're not even doing an effective out- job of, of it because like Jackie is still hanging out at the piano. <laughs> Right. Annoying. It's a great, actually, moment. It Uh, is. Jackie's screaming jingle bells at him. He says, ha, 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 at the point in jingle bells where you say, ha, ha, ha. Where you're supposed to, yeah. And and Shay gets upset, and Jackie goes, I was laughing all the way. (laughs) Jackie is consistently the highlight of these episodes. (laughs) And Stacey's like, start playing again. And she hands the bells to Jackie, and she's like, here, ring these bells. (laughs) Which is a classic babysitter move. Like, anytime they do yes. something like that on this show, I'm like, I, I would have done the same thing. <laughs> I would have distracted that kid. Uh, and then uh, Archie Archie and Dawn, like, kind of swan into the sea and are like, here, cookies. Jackie mm-hmm. somehow they- eats five of them very quickly. <laughs> now, you bake. I know you bake. I do. That's kind of like a thing. Oh, yeah. And we bake in our house. I mean, I'm not much of a baker, but Alana yeah, and Mitzi are always doing projects and stuff. And what amazes me about the babysitters is that they always manage to make cookies with kids, which cookies aren't a, a, a nothing project. No. Like even sugar cookies are a like it, it's a process. And the fact that they are always able to like whip up a batch of cookies of an afternoon with the kids just blows my and mind. And these are also like, I mean, they are what you would think of as traditionally like Christmas cookies, like they're shapes, but they also mm-hmm. have 
like de- like she used not sprinkles but like that du- like the colored dust that you'll kind of throw over them yeah. like the- and that doesn't like that doesn't happen immediately like it takes time some right. of the stuff you would have had to wait for them to cool in order to do it but she seems to get these done in no time it's a it's a confounding and right it's, it's clear that they just went to the the set caterer oh absolutely like, bring us some christmas cookies they were like the ones that when you are leaving the grocery store there's the giant display of the cookies yes. that you may have missed either on your way in or out but you will and you grab them, them because you forgot you were supposed to bring something to the office meeting that yes week. that too no i uh i some still like i bake uh pandemic meant that i baked like once a week for a long time and i i've never gotten to the point where i wouldn't get very distracted if somebody else were trying to interrupt uh the one time my dear sweet partner attempted to intervene while i was making cookies i got very bothered (laughs) this right after he bought me a a kitchen aid so i understood why he wanted to spend like extra attention on it but i was like i know what i'm doing i've done this hundreds of times you can also leave (laughs) smart yes <laughs> um, no i've never done yes. a baking project with a kid though never yeah it's it's not easy and no. uh these uh, to to do it as a way to distract rowdy children is like man you are you're braver than i am i still um, burn myself sometimes like something bad is gonna right. happen right but nothing bad happens except no. stacy uh goes like she goes hard on the cookies like immediately as soon as no one's looking she starts yeah. eating one. Dawn catches her and is like, hey, what? Diabetes much? And she's like, mm, but it's okay. It's Christmas. Like, that's the right. excuse. Like, it's the holidays every time she eats something in this episode. Well, and Dawn says, it sure does seem like you've been eating a lot of sweets yeah. lately. So obviously this is something she's noticed Stacy doing for a little while now. Right. Uh, and it's also that interesting thing, like, because this show particularly doesn't really go into Stacy's diabetes very much, uh, we're not really sure the severity of it. Mm-hmm. But one thing that's always like, it's clear that if Stacy eats a few cookies in a week, it's not going to have a detrimental effect on her. She just needs to watch her blood sugar. Um, but Stacy, because of the severity of her diabetes, cuts sweets completely out of her yes. diet. But that... I'm always wondering why they've gone for the complete abstinence as opposed to the moderation or the like, it's something she struggles with. I wonder why they don't go the route of like, I can eat one cookie mm-hmm. as long as, you know, like I'm, I'm careful. Like, I wonder why it's a, it's, it's a, it's a all or nothing. I guess thing. like, I suppose it has to be more dramatic. I don't know. I want a thing that I really liked in the Netflix show was that she ate cake at Liz and Watson's wedding and yeah. it was like it like I'll like she they made a point of saying like she was going to watch but it was worth uh it was worth extra regulation of blood sugar to eat cake at a wedding which I liked yeah and this is yeah, yeah this is just I mean the plot of this episode is Stacy eats too many sweets and gets sick like that's the <laughs> bottom line so yeah it's very severe the scene where they're all eating together in a restaurant uh, and have those delicious, uh, those delicious looking blocks fudge things. of fudge. She is drinking water like a like a racehorse, yes. I guess. I don't know, like something. As a as a little kid in elementary school, uh, we read a book that had a character with diabetes or something, and I don't remember what it was, but I do remember that the first 
symptom the character exhibited was that they got started getting really thirsty during the Mm -hmm. day and so like my teacher was like yes this can be one of the signs that you know like of of a person with diabetes and for a while after that anytime i got thirsty i like got like this like extreme anxiety like oh no like is this it is this the beginning of like it's just because like i've been outside running i'm so thirsty (laughs) or am i diabetic i had literally the same thing and it was because of the the babysitter's club because in the babysitters remember which i think is it's a high up there it's like a double digit super special i think um you find it like you find out that prior to stacy's diabetes diagnosis one of the things like wh- one of the sure signs was that she was thirsty all the time and yeah. and also she eats an entire bag of chips at one point i don't it's a it's a weird story it's a weird sad story but I'll get there. Yeah, you will. You'll, you'll like I'll it. That's there. a great book. But yeah. But no. So yeah. So the show, the books and the show, I, I had a, actually it was a, a person on Twitter just today commented that the one thing they loved, one thing they loved about the Netflix series was that it finally got diabetes right. Mm-hmm. Where like the books and the TV show, this TV show always played kind of fast and loose with the rules for whatever was the most dramatic, yeah. as you said. So, uh, but yeah, so this, this is the beginning of Stacey's downfall, <laughs> yes. the, the crumbling of her health, <laughs> uh, the fudge and the cookies. Now, do we jump to the hospital next or do we jump to the, uh, no, we've yes. already, the, yeah. The, the, it's the, it's Stony Brook General Hospital. Uh, well, what happened is Stacey eats the cookie. Then we have the Christie closet cleaning. Scene. Yes. Then it jumps to Stony Brook General or whatever hospital with this cheap Stony Brook General Hospital sign hanging over <laughs> right. the actual front sign of the hospital. Yes. And um, she finds out, uh, yeah, there's not not a lot goes on uh, at the hospital in like the interstitial scene aside from her meeting Ned, right? Right. They're they're setting up for the party. The M- Mally and Jesse have like some hilarious business trying to set up a tree. Yeah. Everyone um, has a really strong opinion about where this tree should go. Right. It's a funny business. Uh, we find out that Dawn has a famous banana cake, which everyone responds to. I, I figured out the second time I watched it, I was like, oh, it's supposed to be like weird. Like, the, oh, it's Dawn with her health food and banana cake. But to me, I'm like, mm, a banana cake. That sounds great. Oh, man. If we if we ever end up in the same place at the same time, I'll make one because I actually love banana cake. Like that was one of my childhood yeah. favorite desserts. And I still make the the 1986 Better Homes and Gardens cookbook banana cake like that is my mm. go-to but You'll have to. Yeah. yeah. I, I guess maybe what Dawn makes is like some kind of like uh, sugar-free crumb I was going to say my like assumption is that she does not include sugar in it, which is yeah. an important component. Or something. I don't She know. does something dumb and bad and, 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 and health related. But yeah, she's a, <laughs> they, I actually like the occasional hints they drop about Dawn's kind of uh, hippie slash like health nut thing because it's never over the top it's usually just a throwaway line here and there like there's something about like don't forget the raw veggies when we get snacks for the sleepover like that sort of thing well and it helps that this dawn is so goofy she is like kind of bubbly and just like out there that it it takes a lot of the edge off dawn can be a little bit of a like a finger wagger at the books but when she's but when she's so When she's making those faces <laughs> nonstop and rolling her eyes at everything, she's you're like, yep. so expressive. It, she and Cl- like when she and Claudia are on screen together at the same time, it is magical. <laughs> like I just right. I 
I cannot get over how much I like Claudia in the shows. She's it's like in a if you're playing a video game and, and like you do something to like you set an object on top of another object and for some reason like the physics of the game react and they start like freaking out and yes. like jumbling up and flying all over the room. That's what they are like in a scene. Like if the director never called cut <laughs> their facial expressions and reactions would just build on each other until they were like literally like flying all over the room. That is precisely what would happen. Oh, they're so fun. They're really like this is just this seems kind of just like a, a almost nothing though. Like in that aside. Yeah, except that we meet except that we met we meet uh not Matt Damon, little Ned. He does little Neddy Iceball. You said before when I was watching the episode before he had made his entrance, you said that he looked like Matt Damon and and he rolled like he came into the scene and I was like I guess the more he spoke and the more I looked, I was like, yeah, no, absolutely. This is, this is child Matt Damon. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's school tizing all over the place. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. And then, uh, then do we cut to, I, I'm having trouble remembering the order because it's all like these vignettes, like them all shopping for their secret Santas because at the meeting they decided that they were going to do babysitters club secret Santa. So Christy brags about this super new, the super great baseball mitt she's going to get, mm -hmm. which, which, in, in which she accidentally says the name of what would have been my 1987 new wave band. She says, she says long fingers and soft leather, <laughs> which, which I'm like, that's a perfect name. I would just it's like, very that's good. a perfect we band see, name. We eventually just see that it's a play old Wilson uh, it's club. It's just a baseball but... club. Yeah, like this this production team isn't isn't heading out to like the major leagues. No, and buying, uh, the most um, generic. But then we possible. get that's when we that's when we get Christy working off her Christmas gift. Uh, she's mm -hmm. hauling rocks. She's cleaning windows. She steps in a bucket. Um, <laughs> And then we get Stacy babysitting Charlotte, and this is the big like, uh oh, something's wrong with Stacy scene. Yeah, because all Charlotte wants to do is lie under the tree, look up at it, and have stuffed animals surrounding her, and have Stacy join her in this activity, which is an adorable activity. Yeah, Charlotte remains the cutest kid on this show. She's so, and I'm like. Ugh. I wonder if they let that actor like choose that activity because that is such a real like that's what a child would do. I like, I wonder. I mean, I've wondered this as you have like with every episode. How much of the babysitting uh, scenes are staged? Like it seems like they're so often just doing a thing that kids would do in a group setting mm -hmm. or in a babysitting setting. Like when they're all playing Simon Says, I still don't think that was staged. Like I can't believe right. it was. They yeah, she wants Stacy to once. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that statues game. They love statues. Uh, yeah, she she wants Stacy to lay under the tree and look up into yeah. it, surrounded by stuffed animals. Stacy's like, uh, I got a headache. Uh, let's just read a story. So they start reading the original storybook of Rudolph the Red. Which you love. As we, you love it. As we all know, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, a, a, a full decade before the song came out, before Johnny Marks wrote the song, a full decade before that happened, it was a storybook character for Montgomery Ward, I think, and it was patterned on Twas the Night Before Christmas, and the the, the words of this book are terrible. Yeah, and you hate them, which I really like. It was like, Twas the Day Before Christmas, and all through the hills, like, the reindeer were playing, enjoying the spills. <laughs> Which is the worst rhyme, enjoying the spills. They enjoy when people fall over, I guess. Like, I don't know what else that Or like, means. it's like a dog when you're like eating and you accidentally spill oh. something off the table. Oh, maybe. 
<laughs> enjoying this field, licking the food up <laughs> off of the ground. But um, uh, Stacy can't handle reading. Uh, she no. she, she kind of makes her makes her way through like maybe a page and a half before she starts to almost nod off. Charlotte asks what's yeah. wrong. Uh, Stacy says she's tired. She doesn't feel well. And Charlotte volunteers to read to Stacy, which is yeah, is a very Charlotte move. And and this is the moment where I would be like, you would think that upon arriving home, Doctor Johansson would notice something was going on with Stacy. Yeah. Fortunately, we get Doctor Johansson later in the episode, so who by that it kind point of plays that does out. know what's going on. But but in the early going, apparently. Stacy, like, visibly looking sick and tired, it does not register with her. No. Right. For those of you who haven't read the book, Stacy and Dr. Johansson have this relationship where she she basically used help. Dr. Johansson helped her almost like not emancipate herself from her parents, but like have like a really good conversation with her parents yeah. about her bodily autonomy yeah. and her and it's actually a really like they sort of did it in the Netflix series, but in the book series, it's a really strong uh, thread. I, and uh, I like what they, yeah, and I like how they did it in the Netflix series, but in the book, it's a little more straightforward. Like Stacy, you need to tell your parents that mm-hmm. you need you need to be your own person with this, and that you can right. control this. They actually tie it in a little in the '95 movie too. They really like uh, making sure that Stacy is an independent young woman. Good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, she's fiercely independent in this. She's so independent in this episode that she drives herself to the hospital. But uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, first, because, we got to eat dinner at a restaurant that seems fine. First, first we've got to have a wacky gift buying scene. Yeah. Oh, that is, does come first. Okay. Yeah. No, 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 that checks out. Do they? Uh, yeah. They go to. The, yeah. They all go to the same department store where they were before. I believe. And they harangue a poor shopkeep. That poor woman, four girls in a row, like storm into the store, like careen around a corner and ask uh, where something is because they're shopping for their secret Santa. And by girl number four, this woman is like, ex- like clearly she has earned her paycheck that day. Yeah. <laughs> this is like, let me guess, uh, you're looking for your secret Santa gift. Uh, so I'm send you all over to this small corner of our giant store. Yeah, you uh, can only look at the bath section. That's the only yes. place you're allowed. Now this shopkeeper is played by Alicia Kaplan, who this is. She did this. She did one short film, and I was like, I wonder if Alicia Kaplan's still around. <laughs> it's a pretty common name, unfortunately. I couldn't find <laughs> any evidence of what Alicia Kaplan did. I, I looked her up because I was like, she amused me. I was like, for her, this little bit yeah. role, she 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 made me laugh. So I was I was curious if she'd done anything else. But I always assume not. they're uh, they are either like bit players, like doing kind of supporting roles forever and ever in TV. Or they're lawyers now. Just given the career trajectory of our babysitters, like that's that's kind of where my mind goes. Yeah. So uh, so they they all go shopping, and it, it's uh, we get a fun moment where Jesse is exploring this folded up <laughs> piece of material that then explodes in her hands into a sun hat. Which I'm like, I don't know if that really happened to the actor or what, but it was pretty well played. I'm really hoping that it was something that happened to the actor. They're like, no, that was funny. We're leaving it in. 
She doesn't seem yeah. that startled by it. She seems surprised, but not like taken aback. She jumps. Yeah. She does jump a little bit. It, it made me laugh. Um, she's such a small uh, person. It's like half her size. She really is. Yeah. She has to be. She's a ballet dancer. Yeah, yeah. You know. We, we get reminded of that. Don't worry. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> um, so we have that scene, and that's when we go to the to the to Fudge Land. Finally, uh, we get to Fudgy the restaurant. The... Yeah, they're uh, they all get to eat a piece of fudge. <laughs> yeah, the rainbow like rainbow corner luncheonette is what it's called. Oh, cute. Um, yeah, it actually actually used to exist. It was a real a real restaurant in uh, Bergenfield, New Jersey. I assume long since closed. It seems like um, a lot of the uh, locations here did exist in a corner of New Jersey at one point and yeah have ceased yes of course i mean what are you gonna do it's a luncheonette like <laughs> it was probably closed by the mid-90s <laughs> yeah, i don't know like, if you live in new jersey if you live in if you uh if anyone out there lives in bergenfield new jersey and you have fond memories of the rainbow luncheonette let me know i'd yeah, love to hear your right stories in. Uh, we fudge. have a gmail address that we never mentioned <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> let me know so yeah yeah so Stacy's like, it's Christmas, fudge everything, here comes the fudge, and she shoves a piece of fudge in her mouth. It's a sizable uh, amount she, of fudge. While, while double fisting glasses of water. Yeah, she. this is, I mean, like, this is where we get one of the, oh, she's so thirsty, something must be going on. Like, by this point, we, the viewers, know that she is very sick because she couldn't read a story or lay under the tree with Charlotte, and now she's drinking so much water and eating so much fudge. And I think Dawn expresses concern <laughs> again. Yeah, Dawn's still concerned uh, to the point where Stacy's starting to get annoyed. Yeah, um, which, mm, uh, which, yeah, that's a, a you know that's a plot thing. Like yeah. Stacy's irritable. Dawn means well, but you know. Uh, so uh, then we get this little montage of everyone at Christmas time, at uh, Christmas Eve. It's cute. Uh, Jesse's Jesse's reading a book to Becca in bed, which is adorable. That's very cute. Uh, this is the second time we've ever seen Becca. I think. Yes. She was in. Yes. She was in the fabled production of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. She was in Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. She may have been in another episode. Like I think she was in another episode briefly. Possibly. Yeah. Uh, let me see. No, just the two. You're right. Well, Stacy's big break and uh, Babysitter's <laughs> Christmas special Christmas. Yes. Uh, that that Stacy's big break though was like four episodes in one. It's true. So <laughs> it's got so the tongue clicking and everything. <laughs> yeah, you see um, Mallory ma- hanging like roughly forty five <laughs> stockings. <laughs> in a, in a cute little like Victorian era like <laughs> nightgown with her hair all it pulled up. It is a very high neck. Her hair is yeah. Mm-hmm. Her hair is all pi- like pinned to the top of her head because this is a sh- this show understands that Mallory's hair is unruly and must be dealt with. Yes. Uh, and you see Christy uh, opening the glove. Right. And getting a new hat. She gets a new ball cap. Which is great because she needs more of those. Uh, my favorite yeah. is that Marianne and Dawn are celebrating together, of course. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're in ra- their nightgowns. Yes. Both wearing nightgowns, both wrapping gifts uh, at the last minute. And they do the classic run to the window to hear the carolers. They throw up the window yes. and there's all these carolers, which I'm like, it's it's probably really cold out at this point. <laughs> it's okay. A, probably really cold and B, actually Christmas Eve, which I think, I feel like caroling doesn't often happen, like almost on the holiday itself, but yeah. Hey, you it's know, fine. it's fine. Who knows? I love it's it. Massachusetts, New Jersey. What are you going to do? <laughs> Or Connecticut. Where is this fake place again? Connecticut. <laughs> but why do I always think it's Massachusetts? It's New England, um, just like broadly it's New, New England. England. Oh, and the the final portion of this montage, of course, is Stacy uh, realizing that she needs to get medical help, walking to into a doorway, 
saying, Mom, I don't feel good. And the hard cut. And then a cut. Yes. No Ms. McGill in sight. Nope, not yet. Not yet. (laughs) No. Uh... It would have been a prime opportunity to hear a voice, maybe like, oh, Stacy or something, right. but they're going to leave us hanging, I guess. No, no. Yeah, we don't get any of that. Instead, uh, the the adult uh, in Stacy's life in this episode is just Dr. Johansson. Like, this is the only, uh, only pivotal figure in her recovery. <laughs> so it's the day of the big party, Christmas Day. Yes. They're all at the hospital, and where is Stacy? She's not around. Um, can't believe we can't rely Johan- on Stacy. They're all. I know. They're all mad. They're like they're they're a little peeved. They're like, oh, I wish she had told us that she couldn't make it. And yeah. And then Charlotte Johansson's mother, uh, as you as you put it, violates uh, HIPAA. <laughs> yeah, she's like, oh, girls, Stacy's up. Stacy's in room so and such right now, and they're like. What's she doing over there? Why isn't she, you know, putting the presents under the tree? And she's like, oh, she's a patient. And they're like, really? And she's like, yes, her blood sugar got dangerously high. She had some. And I'm like, dude, you're in the middle of a hallway telling a bunch of kids what's happening with a patient upstairs. She tells them everything. And then they say, can we go see her? And she looks at all six of them and is like, yeah, of course. Why not? Let's crowd the room completely. So seven babysitters rush into Stacy's <laughs> hospital room. You know that it's serious. Yeah. Because Stacy is connected to nothing. <laughs> she's just, she's in, just sleeping she's it in off. The bed. Yeah. Not, they're not yeah. an IV in sight. Nope. There's not a machine, not an IV, no nurse, no doctor, no chart. She's just in a bed. Uh, maybe it's maybe it's hospice. And they're like got too much fudge. I'm sorry, kid. <laughs> No, but uh, this is where we realize we're never meeting Mrs. McGill. No, no. Certainly not in uh, this Stace- episode. Like, I was looking ahead. It seems like if there is an entire episode centered on Stacy's parents and their marital woes, we will probably meet at least one of them, but maybe we won't meet the mom. Maybe it'll be all about Mr. McGill. And it's mm, inconspicuous, or sorry, it's mm, very conspicuous. Yeah, yeah. Because it's Christmas morning. It's Christmas morning. And your daughter's morning. in the She's hospital. in the hospital. Uh, she ostensibly spoke to her mother about her illness the night before, and yet nothing. So, so instead, she's there's this. She's surrounded by her real family, the Babysitters Club. There's this very famous Charlie Brown series, like a, a series of strips that ran for several weeks, where Charlie Brown gets very sick and he goes into the hospital, and it's about how his friends kind of react to the fact that Charlie Brown, a kid who ki- who most of the kids don't really care for, is all of a sudden in the hospital, and they have to come to terms with their feelings about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's when you learn that like Peppermint Patty is in love with Charlie Brown, and that Lucy actually likes Charlie Brown, and she's very worried about his health. But what's what kicks off the story is that Charlie Brown is playing baseball and he's like, I don't feel very good. I don't I just don't feel good. I don't feel good. And the next scene is Charlie Brown checking himself into the hospital. (laughs) He's at like the desk and he's like, hi, ma'am. I don't feel very good. I think I need to see the doctor. And they like admit him and then he's in a hospital bed and there's not a parent around. And I'm like, stay is Stacy this. Is Stacy the Charlie Brown of this neighborhood? Yes. Like the unseen parent. Stacy's now a cartoon. (laughs) Did she have to like walk to the hospital and on Christmas Eve and like check her in? Like one, I please. Do, I do like the thought that she just like grabbed her parents' keys and drove herself over there because it was a dire enough right. situation. And she's thirteen; like she can handle that, right? She's made up this parent. No one's ever met Ms. McGill. 
every time yeah every time she references Ms. McGill everyone like all of the babysitters are just kind of looking at each other wondering if they should tell Stacy they're on to what she's doing or just let her live this fantasy <laughs> it's uncomfortable so it is uh so we find out of course that Stacy had a you know she had too many sweets uh she had to come in because of her diabetes uh they ask her why she did it and she's like some I just want to feel normal sometimes I just want to f- I just want to participate in the holiday especially around Christmas it gets really hard uh and they're like Stacy you should have told us and she apologizes for keeping her health a secret and you know, the babysitters all love her and that's kind of the end of her story yeah yeah because it is more important that we resolve Ned's narrative now <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So it's at the at the back at the Christmas party. Jackie is playing Santa. Uh, we have a like, super uncomfortable scene where Jackie goes up to a little boy and he's like, "Ho ho ho! Here's your present." And then Christy comes running up. She's like, "No, Jackie, we're not giving away presents yet." And she like grabs the present away from the boy. And I'm like, "Oh, that poor kid! Like, how confusing that must be." See, you said an uncomfortable scene, and I thought you were going to say when he is standing under the mistletoe, Jackie, and Charlotte comes and kisses him on the cheek, and he goes, "Ugh." mistletoe after she's supposed to watch where he's standing which i thought was very cute <laughs> but hey don't hang mistletoe at a kid's party no no Just, well, please hey, don't, don't do hang that. mistletoe ever no none never of these hang children, mistletoe like the babysitters are the authority figures in this situation they're all 13 right. and 11 the children in attendance at this party that is maybe their age but the rest of them are young young kids <laughs> Right. But I mean, like, what are you hoping to accomplish by having mistletoe at a, <laughs> at a hospital Christmas party? <laughs> like, that's something, at most, it's an office Christmas party. If That's just against people in trouble. So, forego the mistletoe babysitter's club. Uh, and then, yeah, so they, Ned shows up. They have a little gift exchange. Not a gift exchange, like, just sort of, like, just random gift giving. give them all generic presents is the kind of thing where, like, they rated, uh, like, just kind of like a... An assortment of holiday gifts that were that are like interchangeable, and nobody is going to have any particular attachment to any of them. So, like Ned gets a snow globe, which it's not great. It's not exciting. Uh, he doesn't no. actually seem like he doesn't seem mad about it. He's just like resigned. Like his main character trait is resignation. So yeah, he, he says something he's about been kicked like, around by life a lot. Yeah, this seems true because uh, Chris he's already told Christy he's not really like into Christmas. That's not a thing for him. Yeah. So she comes over and uh, asks what he got, and he shows her. It's all he's he's being a little bit of a sad sack about it, which whatever, that's fair. And then Christy's like, "Hey, this glove that I've cared so much about that I've been literally like slaving over to the point where I threw away my mom." wedding dress you can have it you can take Here. it it's yours now and you and i had a had a conversation about this yes. about like if i know christy earned part of the money for this glove part herself but, but, but sort of like she she did chores it's still her mom's money right it's not like yeah it's not like she brought in the money on her own it was just like her right relieving her mom of some usual task and some like more like the household tasks you ignore usually right so so we have this like interesting thing where that she just got this glove that her mom paid a lot of money for. Right. Her she comes back from this this Christmas party and her mom's like, "Where's your new glove?" And she's like, <laughs> "I gave it to this random boy because he because he's doesn't have a lot of money and he's a baseball kid and he's not going to get a new glove for Christmas. So I gave up my Christmas gift." On one hand, that's super cool. Yeah, like it's very sweet. Go for it, Christy. That's very giving of you. On the other hand, as a parent, I'd be like, "I just spent." 
$95. No, that's a lot. Of, it's a lot of money, however much it was. It was enough that right. Elizabeth was shocked that she would be spending that much on a single gift. Uh, I then told you, like, there. this is like a folktale, practically, but my grandmother told me, it, like my late grandmother, so I'm pretty sure it's true. When my mom was five or six years old, she came home one day from school with no shoes on, and my grandma appropriately, like, kind of lost her mind a little, and my mom explained, well, I ran into a girl who didn't really, who didn't have shoes on the way home, so I gave her mine. And... Of course, my grandma was very touched by my mother, my my mom's gesture, but she's also upset because shoes aren't cheap. Like, no. it's, it's, a, it's a very kind thing to do for somebody. Shoes are not, uh, a, a, they're pretty expensive then and now. Yeah. So this is, that was all I could think about when it was like, oh, Christy gave away this gift. And while that would have been, well, it is very nice. It would have been nicer if she had bought that for herself and then given it to him. Right. Uh, also, like, I'm somewhat convinced that Ned's a grifter. I think he's a grifter, too. As soon as you said that, all everything fell into place. Like, he's not that like, great of an actor. Like, he doesn't... I'm not super convinced. His his cover story's bad and weak. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a real moment. And... Yeah. And we never see him again. Never. In fact, he gets immediately forgotten about for the yeah. rest of the episode. Yeah. No, he's uh, not there anymore. Yeah. Stacy shows up and they all start singing We Wish You a Merry Christmas with weird lyrics. They rewrote the lyrics for We Wish You a Merry Christmas. Uh, I can't remember exactly what they are. Let me see if I can just. Uh, they sing We Wish You a Merry Christmas. Uh uh, we wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, which is, of course, how it goes. I'm sorry. Uh, good tidings to you wherever you are, as opposed to good tidings we bring to you and your kin, which is how I learned it. Uh, That's how I've I never learned heard, it, too. I've heard both, but this is the... I've never heard the other one. This is certainly the less popular version. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, I see. There it is. Good tidings to you wherever you are. Uh, the version made famous apparently by the Fireside Singers, I guess. <laughs> well, uh, okay. <laughs> um, uh, I guess it's a thing. I just, I am not, I'm not familiar with that version of We Wish You Merry Christmas, and I'm a bit of a uh, Christmas Carol obsessive. Interesting. So, yeah, I, 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 for fun, I will used to sit. Uh, on this one website that I don't even know exists anymore. It was like 20 years ago. I used to sit and it was all about the history of Christmas carols, like a granular history, <laughs> like down to like, we found like the origins of them going back to like these medieval manuscripts. Here's like a scholarly, like take of each character. I just, I love Christmas Honestly, carols. This sounds and, about uh, right though. This all, that all checks out. <laughs> so not to have not heard this version just threw me for a loop. So I'm glad to know that it, it actually exists. It wasn't written by like the uh, the theme song writer. No, no, <laughs> this is a real thing. It's just not. I just don't think it's as common. Yes, yeah. yes, uh, and that's that's how it ends, yeah. isn't it? That's it's pretty that's, abrupt. That's the end of yeah, the end of the episode. They they sing uh, "We Wish You a Merry Christmas" and presumably. Yeah, presumably they all have a Merry Christmas. I would hope so. I mean, I, I told you before we started recording that I didn't know if I had anything to say about this episode. Apparently I had a few things to say about this episode. Yes. I would still say I, this. It, okay, this is not my favorite so far, certainly. I don't know right. if it's the weakest one, but it might be. It's not strong. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I mean, I think we're like we're coming off the heels of a couple pretty great episodes. Let's. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's got Christmas in it, so that has it has that Something, going. Yeah, for it. 
It doesn't have a very Chris. I guess it kind of has a Christmassy lesson about like give to people, Sorta? giving, giving's good. But that's the. But it's mostly about don't it. Don't eat too many sweets if you have diabetes. Yeah, no, this is a diabetes morality tale, which is like, I mean, it's a very, that's a very babysitter's club tack to take. And I guess I admired them for that, but it's, it's not super fun. It often, I can think of at least a couple of TV shows where the, one of the Christmas episodes is like my favorite episode or top, or top few. Like, yeah, I mean. Like, obviously, Community has the best Christmas episodes. Uh, Saved by the Bell has, like, the corniest Christmas episodes in, in a really genuine and fun way. This is just kind of, eh, it's it's here. It it happened. I preferred, yeah. the, I preferred the Halloween episode. Right. <laughs> uh, no, it's not my favorite, but uh, but it does have some, it has some fun moments. But I've seen, I've seen the ensemble do more better together yeah, in yeah. the past. And uh, yeah, leaned a little heavily on Stacy in this one. So, it did. Uh, and we get a lot of Stacy on this show. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Not enough Mallory. Not enough Mallory. She's hilarious. She's so good. Uh, but uh, I-, I pointed out to you today that Mallory is the only babysitter who doesn't get a named episode. Out of 13 episodes. Yeah. Uh, 13? Don gets like three. <laughs> yeah. What's the deal? Like, what is... What, Why did they what, hate her? Yeah. She can ob- She can clearly carry a story. She's hilarious. She's so I good. I'd love to see more Pikes, but... Right. Um. So, yeah. So, that that's that's uh, the Babysitter's Special Christmas. Yes. Uh, <laughs> what a terrible uh, title. <laughs> the Babysitter's... It's so hard to say. It's so hard to remember. Um. But coming... Coming next time, what is, do you know what our episode is? Uh, well, next episode is a very special episode, right? Uh, more special than the Christmas? <laughs> I mean, like, our episode chronologically is going to be oh, very I see what you're special. Saying. So, yes. Yeah, so, so next week is Thanksgiving. Yes. Uh, and we are releasing a regular episode, a regular, yes. regular episode of our show. But we're going to release a special <laughs> Thanksgiving treat for our listeners uh i guess on thanksgiving i think we're gonna yeah let's try to do that yeah (laughs) uh so so fingers crossed that works out (laughs) um but let's let's save it as a surprise for what it's going to be about and then what do is uh what do we have coming up after that is it claudia it is claudia and the missing jewels yes very excited for this one sounds like they maybe borrowed a plot or at least a conceit from the uh, mystery series. That's awesome, and I'm just glad we're getting a mystery because uh, because there's a noticeable lack of them in the Netflix series. Yes, this is true. This is true. And uh, and if there's one thing the babysitters love, it's a good mystery, especially Claudia. <laughs> she does loves a, loves a Nancy Drew, loves a real mm-hmm. life mystery. This is true. It's the only the only books that she won't apparently carve out to hide Tootsie Rolls in. So <laughs> fair enough. Uh, so join us then, uh, and don't forget we have we have a Twitter we account do. that I guess we put stuff on. Yeah, occasionally. Uh, uh, yeah, we were at a uh, Pizza Toast Pod at Pizza Toast Pod. Yeah. Maybe we'll start putting fleets. We're not going to start using fleets. Yeah. Uh, yes, babysitting fleets. If you do want to email us for any reason, <laughs> it's yeah. the same. It's a Pizza Toast Pod at Gmail dot com. Yeah, if you have thoughts about our episodes or you'd like us to address something specific, we may not listen to you, but we will certainly read the uh, the email. Yeah, we'll feel good about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're 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 good. We're good. We're good people. All right. Well, I think that's yeah. it. Uh, anything else? No. Uh, Merry Merry Christmas. I guess. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> See you next week at Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs>